Hello, everybody, and welcome back to LMK How Podcast. On the second episode of season two, I have Laura Rice on. Laura Rice is the owner of Salon Bordeaux, an amateur stand-up comedian, roller skating queen, and lover of anyone out there believing in themselves enough to follow their dreams. Laura's literally the ultimate queen and my IRL Casey Musgraves. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this interview and enjoy. What is one thing that you do for yourself every day? I do a lot of things for myself. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I try and do one like physical activity every day. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't get to the gym, I at least try and get in a walk or um, some something of that nature just because so much of my mental health is attributed to physical activity. Definitely. Yeah. Um, does it also like depend on the weather or just like what you're intuitively like feeling in the moment? Um, just usually what I'm feeling like doing that day. Um, obviously if it's nice out, I'd rather go for a walk. Um, or I don't know. I have like a pretty good regimen for the week of like what I like to do that day. Um, so it just depends. I'm not too stuck on anything. Okay. Um, do you have like, like maybe like what are like top three activities that you like to do outside of like the gym maybe? Uh, well, I like to walk. Yeah. Um, I really like to go to, have you been to Salt Pilates? Yeah. Okay. My friend Christina is a, um, instructor there. So I really like to go to her class. Uh, I like to hike. I, I love going to watch the sunset. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm down to like go watch the sunrise, but I really have to prep. That's like a three day prep. To yeah. Get up that Mentally. Early. Yeah. Not just physically. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Emotionally, maybe even. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about, even if there's been times I've watched the sunrise and the sunset in the same day, I usually try and do that on the first day of the year. Um, and that really does something for me. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Do you. Is it kind of just like wherever you are, like at that moment, like it doesn't have to be like specifically in San Diego or anything like that? Um, like you just make that, make sure to do that like every single weird. year. It's weird. Like there is something in me at some point in the day where I am like, I need to go watch the sunset today. Yeah. Um, and it's that. like breathes life into me. Yes. Yeah. Do you also feel like when you look at like the ocean or like water, it kind of does that too? Yeah. Kind of like the waves. Yes cleanse your yes. soul yeah yeah definitely and there's just something about watching the sunrise that to me is like cl a close of the day um even if my evening goes on far beyond that yeah <laughs> it's like closed off whatever has already happened that day yes kind of resets it, yes and kind of like a I don't know like a beautiful transition into like the nighttime yeah yeah so I'm curious a little bit, just a little bit, about your your life and yeah. <laughs> outside of your work, because we'll definitely get into that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to help people understand a little bit of behind the scenes of what who you are. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing to know about me is I was Josh Shafty's muse in Uncut Gems. <laughs> just kidding. Um, if you don't get that reference, we probably aren't friends. <laughs> I'm like, mm. <laughs> Uncut Jams. Say it. Uncut jams. 
<laughs> It'll be funny to me forever, honestly. Same. Okay. I feel bad for her. <laughs> yeah. One percent. Yeah. Did you see her explanation of why she talked She's like that? Yeah. I was like... I don't feel better about it. No. No. I'm like, girl. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That was embarrassing for everyone. Yeah. Um, be- Except Alex. <laughs> Except Alex. Yeah. I call her daddy because she was just taking it. She was just like... She's like, thank you so much. Now so many people. And I don't yeah. think Josh Safdie was sad about it because I know I Googled. His Wikipedia and her Wikipedia now mentions, and it says like, oh, uncle like, yes. jams. Yes. Yes. Someone changed it to like the phonetic way she said it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That's no. beautiful. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually not his muse, unfortunately. Um, I, wh- what do you want to know? Like my work life or my actual life? Um, what, like, Who I am, yeah, what makes me tick? Life. Yes. Okay. Yes, your actual life first. Um, okay. Well, I, what is my actual life? You're, are you from San Diego? I'm from Orange County. Okay. I'm so from San Clemente. Okay. Yeah. So you're from San Clemente. Uh-huh. And then when did you come to this? I mean, like, what do we call it? Like Southern? Um, yeah, like there's San North Diego. County, South San well, Diego? Orange County, San Diego, San Clemente is technically like the first town in Orange County. Okay. So I made the huge move to yeah. San Diego <laughs> um, in 2003. Okay. And I moved here to go to beauty school. Amazing. When I was um, in Orange County, I was in culinary school right out of high school. I was there for maybe, I don't know, eight weeks. Okay. And um, I really didn't like it. Mm. And my friend Amy was going to go to beauty school. So she's like, you should quit culinary school and come to beauty school with me. I'm starting in a few weeks in San Clemente. It would be really fun. We can like hang out, just play with each other's hair and like get our parents like off of our backs worrying about what we're going to do with our lives. And I was worried to tell my mom, but she mentioned it to my mom and my mom had said, the worst thing in life is to get up every day and hate going to work. So you should drop out of culinary school and go to beauty school with Amy. And I was like, okay, well that actually isn't like part of my dreams, but okay. So I went to culinary school the next day on Monday. And when I came home that day, my mom had done so much research on cosmetology school. She found out that the one that Amy was signed up for had like a two year wait list. So she's like, I found this one in San Diego. They sign people up every five weeks. They're signing people up in two weeks. I found a few apartments that are near there. We can go down there this weekend and get the ball rolling on you starting school. And I was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And when you have like even heard about this opportunity, were you even interested in like beauty and like hair and all that? Not really. So I grew up with two brothers. So I was like, (laughs) okay, very, very, very like masculine, like in my style and the way I carried myself. I didn't know how to do makeup. I didn't know how to do hair. And I remember showing up on the first day of beauty school and like everybody is hot. Like, everybody is, like, done up, beautiful, hair blown out, and, like, you had to wear black and white, and I remember going in, like, one of my brother's old white t-shirts and, like, a pair of Dickies, (laughs) and I, like, rolled in there, and I was like, okay, shit. Um, I didn't fit in, and my friend Marissa, who was going, she was very, very involved in fashion. She ended up going to fit him. She always was like a style icon. She's, she like took me shopping and we ended up buying a bunch of clothes and like figuring out how to do my makeup. And within a few weeks, I had kind of figured it out enough to blend in, but really that was like really beneficial to me to not have, um, been really accepted into the crowd because it forced me to focus on something that I didn't know I was really interested in Yeah, and kind of like really, 
I guess, hold myself accountable for my own success. And so I just became obsessed with everything beauty like every single magazine subscription I could get every single show that I could watch that involved anything with that the Oscars any award show I would watch like every website anything that I could look at it was I think it was before social media really it was 2003 so there wasn't too much of that but I just became obsessed with figuring out how to become better at all of it and then um, because I didn't have too many friends that were at school, I made I made a few really good friends. Um, one girl, Lauren, she was like probably my best friend. We're still friends. Really, because I wasn't like hanging out with all of them or doing too much with them, it it forced me to become really like good at the school. Mm-hmm. And I ended up graduating early. And my teacher like gave a speech on the last day where he cried, and my mom Ooh. was there. And like both of my brothers are like very very successful like college graduates like very very successful in like traditional um society ways yes Yes. so like I'll never forget my mom was at like my graduation which is literally you just like clocking out at your last day of beauty school crying I have never been so proud of you I'm like wow this wow I this is I new. Didn't. Yeah, I yeah. really didn't have to do anything too significant. And you <laughs> enjoyed you jo- enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's all about that whole like um under promise over deliver thing. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. But what what did it feel like to be in like beauty school and to like have this like moment of like oh shit, I actually do like this is cool. Yeah. Um and to like graduate early, like Yeah, I think honestly for me it was the the um like connecting with people that really was good for me. Like I was able to create a really good relationship with the girl that booked our appointments at beauty school. And she was, had like a very hard shell and I was able to crack her and the clients that would come in there. Like they're like people who are coming to a beauty school to get their hair done. So it was like meeting them on their level and like getting to know them and like getting really good at pleasing people like that Mm -hmm. was because I am, like, by nature a people pleaser. So, like, being able to please people like that, being able to have other people in the school except me, being able to have the teachers who see thousands of people a year come through that school that either don't end up doing hair or don't care or just half-ass through, Mm -hmm. like, actually be proud of me was, was a huge thing. And at the end of the day, like, it taught me that doing hair isn't really actually as much about like the finished product as it is about like the person mm-hmm. and like making them feel beautiful and special and yes. happy. And like, they're, they're proud of like where they spent their money, I think is like the bigger thing. Yes. And that they're leaving like <clears throat> with, with an experience that like made them, like you said, feel really good. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Amazing. So, okay. So it's 2003. So mm-hmm. what, what happened right after you graduated from beauty school? Um, okay, so right after I graduated from beauty school, let's see, my mom passed away. And then we're not going to talk too much on that because I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> um, and I got a job at a place um, over here in Hillcrest. It was like a salon and spa. And so when she passed away, I took a month off of there. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, he had sold the salon to um, a new owner. Okay. And she was a little hard on me being, 
I don't know, how old was I? Maybe 21, 22. And um, going through what I just went through, she was a little hard on me. So I decided that I wanted to look for somewhere else to work and I wanted to booth rent because at that point I already had a pretty good clientele. Okay. Um, and so I had found the salon that I'm actually at now. Um, okay. It was called Salon Bordeaux. Uh, it was 2005 at this point and they had just opened. And so I started working for them. And that's when I met like who I would say is probably like one of the biggest mentors I had in my life. And she was the the owner at the time of that salon. Amazing. Yeah. So now you're the co-owner of this salon. Well, no. So I just started working there as an employee and her name was Jessica. Okay. And um, I was just a booth runner there. I was one of maybe six or seven people that worked there. Mm-hmm. And then a few years, it, it, she like really took me under her wing because my mom had passed away. I really didn't have a lot of direction. Um, and so she would keep me distracted, keep me busy. She was very motivating. She was such a a hard worker and just very supportive and positive and really kind. And then she got a job offer in, um, another state. So she offered it to me to purchase and then I bought it from her and then she moved. So wow. I bought it. Okay. I f- people ask me all the time when I bought it, and I can never remember. I think it was around <laughs> 2008, so it was okay. about three years after I was working there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. And the people who you worked with, um, are any of them still like there today, or like how? I'm just curious, like yeah. how you got to be like you have a co-owner and like all of that. Okay. And so actually, it was wild because I was really young, and the transition was tricky because she didn't want to tell anybody what was happening until the deal was done and the deal was hard to figure out because I was so young and there was a lot of um things that went along with the lease and the business and the loan and everything and especially like it was hard to find people that wanted to support me at that age financially speaking Mm -hmm. um and so it literally was like okay you're now the owner and now we tell the staff so I'll never forget because she called a staff meeting and was like um okay you guys I'm calling this meeting because I'm going to introduce you to your new owner I sold the salon I'm moving to Reno and I want to introduce you to your new owner and she was like and everyone was like, what? And looking around and I like stood up and I was like, it's me. Oh my God. <laughs> and Holy shit. Was, they were <gasps> like, everybody was cheering. They were so yeah. happy. Like yeah. it was incredible. And like, it was like such a moment of like, yes, like this is going to work. And then immediately after that, it was met with like, Holy shit. Now I'm going from like a coworker, a friend, a, a wild animal, like, like, <laughs> If you know me, you know I'm, like, very sarcastic, really funny, just really want to have fun. I don't yeah. really want to follow rules. I don't want to, like, answer to anybody. Whatever's so, the norm, you don't want to do that. I just am, yeah. like, I want to have fun. <laughs> yes. Um, and so immediately it was, like, oh, shit, now I'm going from that to someone who has to be in charge. And a lot of these people were older than me. Yeah. So it was a really, really, really hard transition for me mentally to be able to like flip that switch to be like I can still be fun but I also need to be responsible and I also need to have these people feel like they can count on me yeah um so actually nobody nobody still works there that that did but for a long time eight ten twelve years I did have the same people a lot of them moved um or moved on and um I mean that that's in itself is like such a learning curve because in the beginning when someone would quit it's like 
oh, what did I do? Is it me? What mm-hmm. happened? And it's mm-hmm. like, you have to learn that a lot of those things you just can't take personally. Everybody's yeah. on their own journey. Definitely. Yeah. What are some of the other things you also learned maybe at the beginning of your career when you bought the salon and you were really just navigating like your career, the industry, the city, everything? Yeah. One of the biggest things that I've learned that I tell everybody that ends up in my position is you have to learn how to delegate because especially owning a salon or another business like a salon, all of us are artists. Yeah. And like, if you get an opportunity, like I got like given to you, you are still just, you are still an artist. And a lot of artists have like a business mentality too, but a lot don't. And so I unfortunately don't. My brother's got that that. gene in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, uh, I think that it's important to learn how to delegate, how to hire people that are good at things that you're not, Mm -hmm. how to ask for help, how to lean on people, how to be vulnerable and say, this is something that I don't understand. Um, How to Google, how to read a book on something you want to be better at. Just accepting like what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Um, I... I now have an attorney on retainer. I have a tax person. I have a, f- a QuickBooks person. I have a, like, you know, I have a manager who's able to have conversations that I am getting better at having, but are, I'm, I'm not the best at. Yeah. Um, I now have a business partner that I brought on. Um, I've had her for the last three, four, five years. I don't know. She would know exactly because that's the things she's good at. Yeah. <laughs> um, she doesn't do hair. She does all the like back end budgeting client, uh, meetings with the staff, um, hiring, budgeting, all of that. So it's really like when I say that I own a salon, I really own, I own a salon, but only because of all the other people that I have in place that really are like the backbone. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, um, I don't know what's coming for me is like, I have my like emotional toolbox that I use for when I'm feeling this or feeling that. And this kind of sounds like it's like your professional toolbox of stunning, amazing people who help you achieve this dream, this salon that you have now Mm -hmm. and have been just providing this community for customers. I'm like, I hate saying customers. I'm like friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is a little bit of a life hack that a lot of times I'm doing like my friend's hair and I'm hanging out with them and then they're paying me for that. It's like, I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends all day and my staff are like so fun. The, the stylists that work there are the most talented, funny, smartest people that I know. Um, and then, like I said, like my business partner and my manager, like every person that works there, like plays a part in the success of the business. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard for me when someone walks in and is like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful in here. Wow. Everybody's so nice. Or, Oh, it's like, it's so like the energy in here is so beautiful. And it's like, yeah, I want to say thank you, but I also want to be like, that's not really because of me. I mean, it is, but not really. (laughs) It's, it's everybody together creates that. Yes. But also I feel like as the leader in it all, it's kind of like, I know that's something I feel like I personally deal with too, where like, I, like it's hard for me to take compliments. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's for my therapist. Um, (laughs) um, no, I feel like 
your the way like you said the way you've come to be someone who knows how to properly delegate and ask for help and be vulnerable and like all these things that I feel like stop people from achieving things because of fear Mm -hmm. you have accepted and surrendered to and that's one of the many reasons why you're so successful um but also the like it's like the environment that you and the rest of your team provide um there's definitely moments at least for me where I've gone into a salon and it's been a little um not just overwhelming but kind of like intimidating yeah exactly exactly and that's like not how I feel at your salon and that's also why like I enjoy coming to see you and also like like I trust anything you tell me you know what I mean like that's that's the kind of experience and just thing in general that you can expect when you go to your salon so I think it's super I don't know it's very cool to see the alignment of the customer side for me just enjoying my experience and um also being recommended by whether it's mutual friends or different friends whatever um just going to like the salon and like having that experience and like you said leaving with I don't know just like that general like happiness of feeling like extra beautiful and extra just like seen and taken care of it's just an experience that I wish was the baseline at like every salon and every business but like unfortunately it isn't so I think that's super important to just mention that like like I don't know it's it's so easy to be humble about a lot of achievements or anything like that but it's like I don't know um but I also think it's like the energy that you bring in as a client too like we are we are really happy to be there and we're really happy to be there with each other mm-hmm. and then when our clients feel really appreciative or they're referring us somebody new or they're supporting us like that that makes us feel really happy too so like we're we're absorbing everyone's energy that sits in our chair and we're touching them and we're around them and we're conversating with them and so when that person's bringing what you bring which is like positivity and like gratitude then we're giving that back to you because we feel it too. And it's something that we as a team have been really aware of because, you know, there's almost 20 of us that work there. There's 19 of us right now on staff. And it's like our, it's, it's such a fine line because we, we all have our own shit at home and we have to be very aware of that when we step into the salon, because all of us can be having a great day. And one person that works there can be having a bad day and brings it in. And it, it definitely shifts the energy. So we're all very aware of what we're bringing in and also what we're taking home. So, you know, if, if anybody is off, I can tell. And so it's almost like I'll be like hey are you okay to like one of my coworkers, and if she's like yeah I'm fine and I'm like I know you're not are you okay let's talk about it and then we talk about it and then then I go to my manager and I'm like hey so and so is feeling a little this way today with something that happened at home can we like be extra supportive to her and it's crazy how like all other 19 or 18 people you'll see them even without having that conversation like lift that person up to where they need to be 
so that it's a more enjoyable day for all of us. And that's, that's just how it has to be. I don't know if it's the same at like an office job or whatever, but it's like, we're so connected with each other when we're in the break room, mixing up color or eating lunch or whatever it is. Like we're never escaping each other. So if we feel like someone's off, we're like, no, we're going to like do something about it. Yeah. We're going to like make you happy so that the rest of us don't have to suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do it with like the hiring process? Oh my Just, gosh. Yeah. I'm like, it's, that's like such a tricky thing. So it's funny, like, because I am like such a like a lover of people I want to just like hire everybody and my manager is the same way and my business partner is the same way so all three of us have to interview them on a separate basis and every single person that gets hired gets hired on a 90 day preliminary um freeze because and I tell every new hire this if you fuck up the energy with the staff you you're gonna get fired Like if you are in any way like negative or you bring any type of energy that isn't cohesive with the rest of the salon, like you're going to go. And I make that, make them very aware of that because I have worked really hard to get a team that is very cohesive and their energy works really well together. And if one person comes in and throws all of that off, they have to go. And so it's almost like I interview them, my manager, and then my co my co owner interviews them, and then the rest of the staff interviews them for three months. Fuck yeah! And I they're mean, not. My staff is the most shy. loving, caring, oh. supportive, <laughs> hilarious yes. people. They're not mean. Anyone that's told you no, that would I tell could, you that they're yeah, not no, mean. Never. But I could like, never even. <laughs> no. You know, it's just like, it's just like, I don't know. Like it, it's just it's personalities. If your personality doesn't mesh mesh with the other personalities, you're not going to be happy there either. Yeah. And so just as much as we're all interviewing you, you should be interviewing us because you know, it's like dating or it's like friends. Like everybody goes into a relationship or a friendship like, Oh, I hope they like me. I'm going to like the things they like. So they like me or I'm going on this date. I really hope that, that it goes well. I hope that I'm on my best behavior. I'm saying everything right. I have a great outfit on. no, Fuck that. Like, yeah, no, you need like, to spend more time making sure you like that person or you want to be friends with that person or you want to work at that job just as much as you're hoping that you get hired or they like you or your friends like you. It's like everybody needs to be happy. Yes. So that's that's it. Like, even to the point I tell them, like, if you don't like the music we play here when we're interviewing you, take that into account. Like, this is what you're going to be listening to when you work somewhere. Like look around like feel like if you feel like you fit in if you like the decor if you already like don't like something about a job like this isn't the spot for you either Mm -hmm. so that's it it's important on both ends that both people the team and the new hire feel like it's the right my business partner has really come because she's like hr hr queen yeah i'm michael scott and she's toby (laughs) oh my god oh my god you're like so wait how did you find her yeah oh my gosh so she uh was a client forever and Uh, she used to come down she was a client of my old owner okay she used to come down all the time to get her hair done and then when my manager who i'm talking about who has been with me forever eight nine ten years now Mm -hmm. was on maternity leave this girl had just quit a job at like a huge company corporate and was like taking time off for stress and she like came in to get her hair done and I'm like yo Isabel's on maternity leave would you want to fill in with her while she's gone and she stepped in and just the um like the things she put into place 
from like someone coming from a corporate business was something that I had never experienced before. And to be honest, like I needed those kind of hard lines and rules implemented and having someone like her do it made it easy for everyone to accept. Yeah. And so she's actually, she works in a, in the mortgage industry now. So okay. if you need a mortgage or a refi, <laughs> reach out to Rachel. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so she has a whole another job that she does, but then she does everything for us, like on the back end. Um, but I was just really lucky in the way that it worked out because then when Isabel came back, she, uh, bought into the business and then now she's my partner you know it's worked out really well amazing yeah it's great so um what would you say is like uh, the top things that you would that you would advise someone if they were in a similar position um of wanting to own a salon and how to even do that Mm. like maybe like things like at first that Because you said, like, now you have a lawyer and, like, Mm -hmm. a QuickBooks person. But, like, in the beginning, what were those people or those, like, things that you just, like, learned really quick? Like, oh, shit. Like, I need that. Like, I need to have this in gear. So I got really lucky because I was part of a salon that was already well-known. It's already in a great location. It was already, like a lot of stuff was already in place for me. So I was able to like kind of just take on the, take it on and just start running with it. Mm -hmm. And what was cool is because I worked there, I was able to see from a outside point of view, like what wasn't working and what was working and was able to step in and kind of make little tweaks and keep going with what was working and kind of uh, change up what wasn't. I honestly, it's hard for me to say what I would advise to somebody else in my position. Um, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people don't tell you that. It's yeah. like when you have a baby, like people are like, oh my God, you're having a baby. And then those like late nights when you're alone with the baby, you're like, what the fuck? Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Yeah. And it's like. Where shit gets real. Yeah. yeah. Like shit, it's hard and it's scary and it's frustrating and um it's really just if you have to really 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 love not just doing hair to own a salon you have to love managing people you have to love paperwork you have to love or being organized you have to love numbers taxes budgeting laws yeah payroll like things that you don't Because a lot of people, and I'm just going to be honest, open a salon because they don't like working for somebody else. Mm. And if you don't like working for somebody else, you're probably going to be a hard person to work for. Yeah. So I never wanted to own a salon. That was never my dream. That was never like I would like lay at night wondering how to open my own salon. It, It fell into my lap and... I'm like the luckiest person that I know. The wildest shit happens to me. (laughs) I am so, so, so lucky. And so the reason the salon is where it's at right now is because I'm lucky. And and I, I am a magnet for other people that are smart and lucky and positive. And those people have stepped in and have helped me create what I have today. So advice, I don't know, be open to asking 
people around you for support. <laughs> yes. And look for a space in a good area with parking. Yeah. <laughs> parking. <laughs> parking. Parking, though. <laughs> I've just recently realized why I do so many other things. And okay. it's because when you are in a creative industry yeah. and you are giving a lot to other people, a.k.a. therapy, advice, like support, you're like giving so much to our clients, our time, our energy, especially in a creative field, you need to find things that refill you or that motivate you or that encourage you or like refill your creative cup. And for a lot of people that is hair or, you know, for me, I it's classes, going to classes to do hair. But also for me, it's finding other things that make me feel really fulfilled. So I do, and you can't tell because I haven't been very funny here today, but I do stand-up comedy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which my entire life I wanted to do when I was in kindergarten on Mother's Day. We did like a huge presentation for our moms and every kid that we had to say what we wanted to be when we grew up. And every kid was like, a teacher, a doctor, an astronaut, and I said a stand-up comedian, and my because wow. my brothers had just like started introducing me to like Eddie Murphy, which was Holy like shit. really a bad move for somebody but like, like me. Typical, yeah, like, so t- also like typical older brother shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian, and it was like from then on, it was like, oh no, I was like a class clown in junior high. Okay. I, I. Nothing brings me more joy than when I say something that makes somebody laugh. And especially my brothers, like when I could get my older brother to, or my middle brother to laugh, my older brother kind of laughs at everything. My middle brother, when I can get him to laugh, I'm like, yes, it <laughs> is like, there is nothing more satisfying to me. So I think that that has just created something in me where I just get so much pleasure from making people laugh. But also I have the worst social anxiety talking in front that. of people same so um <laughs> which is really funny can, how we're here today yes. and not doing doing the things we do <laughs> so my staff even says because I used to stand up in front of them and talk and I would get like shaky voice yeah and so then I started um doing what I do which is I got online I started reading books I started studying how to talk in front of people and like have your composure and um, from there, I before I started doing Sam comedy, I got ordained to be a reverend. So Fuck I started yeah. marrying my friends. And that was really scary. And I would hear my own voice on the microphone and trying to intertwine, like, love and seriousness and also, like, balance a little bit of, like, comedy into that was, like, a good starting point for me. And then one of my best friends, Gary, is a comedian. Okay. And he, every time we hung out, he would be like, you have to do it. Like, you're so funny. His wife, like, would take notes on things we would say. Yeah. He would just, like, tell me, just show up to an open mic. I did it for two years. Just show up to an open mic. Just sign up and do it. And so then we had a friend come to town that did open mic. And my two friends, Carolyn and Katya and, well, and Christina, too, all of them were like, you have to do this. You have to do this. So then they were like, we're going to give you until the end of the month to sign up for an open mic. And wow. so I was like, okay. So I just like got online and signed up at this place. And I like, <laughs> I remember my first time I did it, I like wrote out my thing. Like it was like a script I needed to say word for word. And I like <laughs> memorized the entire thing. And I like said it word for word. And I, I mean, people laughed, but I got done and it was 
terrifying and not that funny and not good. Didn't um, feel like it was you. Like it, did, it wasn't the same feeling that you were getting when you would make people laugh in the past, especially your honestly, like, middle brother. Honestly, I blacked out. It okay. was like an out of body experience. I, feel like I was I would, like, yeah. What just happened? I yeah. don't know. I have it on tape and I've watched it again and I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. Because the other thing I need to remember, which my business partner, the Toby of Dunder Mifflin has reminded me, <laughs> yes. is that the things I say up there could get me in trouble as a business owner mm. if they are inappropriate, if they're in offensive. And so it made me go back to kind of the drawing board of figuring out how to be funny without being offensive. So now I have it pretty well figured out where I make fun of myself. I make fun of my kids. I sometimes make fun of things that happen at the salon. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, like I, I have to just be, I don't want to say careful cause that makes it seem not as fun, but, but like have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it's made me be funnier. It's made me be more creative. It's easy to fall on like a, dick joke or like something lowbrow when this makes me be a little bit more like sophisticated with it yes and also it's kind of like having an idea in your head of like those boundaries it mm -hmm. also like you said it helps you to be able to just flourish creatively and just go for it completely yeah, yeah. and also like starting to do the stand-up comedy has made me say more yes say yes to more things in my life that I normally wouldn't say yes to because I feel like it's going to give me content for when I do yeah. stand-up. Yeah, no, I feel like, that. I, I feel I that. I agree <laughs> doing almost anything because I'm like, this feels like it's going to be funny for me later. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so what other stuff do you do besides comedy? And I'm like... <laughs> I, I do also yeah I do all sorts of things so um, many things and you're a hot queen just saying thank you so much um I do all sorts of things I just um last year or the year before I got um certified you to be a personal trainer oh okay because Casual. I was obsessed with I am in love with Orange Theory and like what they do there okay. and they like brought me in with open arms and I just went there so much that one, the manager there was like you should become a trainer and so I did fuck I'm, I mean yeah. why not yeah um Another hat to add. Yeah. <laughs> um, I all sorts of things. I oh, I actually have a second job too. Oh, I do all okay. of the. Um, oh wait, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So over quarantine, when the salon was closed, I uh, my best friend works for Baby Tula. They make baby carriers. Yes. Um, and so they were hiring basically her assistant to do all the block copy writing for um, their email blasts um, for their marketing. I do a lot of their um, conceptualizing their photo shoots. I'm on the set on every photo shoot, styling them. And it's such a beautiful company to work for. They're so um, supportive of like moms working there. You can like clock in, clock out whenever, as long mm -hmm. as you get your work done. It's really like they're so it's it's a great, great company to work for. So I also do that. So I, I write for them a lot. Um, I am working on writing a book. Fuck yeah. And all the stories my parents oh, have told yes. me. Yes! Yes! <laughs> it's almost done. Um, I'm currently very, very consumed with the Masterclass. I don't know if you've ever Love watched those. Yeah. yeah, I'm Love into those What's your lot. favorite? The Anna Wintour okay. times a million. I just got goosebumps <laughs> talking about it. I have watched it like four times probably in the last three months. I'm obsessed with it. Um, 
I'm also really into photography. I just yeah. got a nice camera and I've been trying to learn how to use that on my own. I just, I like get an idea right now. I am in the mood of wanting to learn how to become a private detective. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> I love research, so, so I get it. So then I just become like consumed. I want to learn how to play pool really well. So okay. I have gotten really good at playing pool. And okay. that's just like, I'm going to do it every chance I get for the next six months until I get really good at it and then I'll move on to something else it's like it's wild it's wild (laughs) do you feel like that has been something that you've carried your through your whole life my whole life okay my whole life I've been like this like I see somebody doing something that I think is interesting and I'm like I want to be really good at that making chocolate chip cookies was over quarantine I'm like I want to get really good at making chocolate chip cookies and then I did and now I'm like okay I can do that like if I need to and sharing it and sharing them (laughs) Yeah. yeah I'll drop them off on people's doorsteps um I don't know I just like I have a like entrepreneur brain so I'm constantly like oh my God, I want to invent that. And then I'll go to work and talk about it. And the girls are like, that's already invented. Or I'm like, <laughs> I want to open a business that does this. Or I want, And I'll make like a business plan, a PowerPoint, like everything to actually make that business happen. And then I'm like, that was fun. You know, I'm like, yeah, I just want to like figure, figure a lot of things out. I never want to just be like pinpointed in one department. Yes. And how would you like... I don't know. Like, are there any situations where you have, like, fully seen the process through and out of, like, those type of, like, situations where you're, like, I'm really curious about this and then, I don't know. I feel like some people are, like, it's, like, normal for people to, like, create a business and then sell it, you know? So it's just, like, um, I'm curious because I personally have, like, I don't know, I would say, like, an obsessive kind of, like, tendency where I'm, when I'm really into something or, like I said, I love doing research or, mm-hmm. like, with podcasting, I was, like, I want to figure out how to be the best and how to get the best microphones mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And people are, like, no, that's, no, just do, do, like, just get whatever and then, like, as you go, like, you'll grow, you'll get better, you'll learn, but you don't need to overwhelm yourself and then maybe, like, burn yourself out or something like that so how do you get through like like besides being an entrepreneur like the emotional side of it like how do you get through these like tough times when you're the tough moments where you're like I want to be really really good at this and maybe it's like taking longer than usual or yeah honestly like getting really really good at something is like by whose definition for me it's like who says when you have done something to completion? Who says when you've, like, finished something all the way? Yeah. Like, for me, I feel like I've gotten really, really good at stand-up comedy because I feel proud of, like, what I've done there. And it's something that was really fucking scary, and now it's not that scary for me anymore. And when would I be done with it? Like, do people are like, when's your Netflix special coming out? It's like, probably never. And for me, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it's, like, stupid, like, with the cookies, like, People are like, you should sell these. It's like, no, I don't really want to. It's like, I feel like I've gotten really, really good at it. But like by somebody else's definition, that would be like opening a bakery, selling the cookies, having them at the farmer's market. It's like, no, it's good enough for me that I feel like I've done what felt good for me with it. For you, like doing the podcast and like 
being done with it today and feeling really like fulfilled in your own heart yeah. could be enough. Like you don't yeah. have to have 20 million listeners to ha- feel, feel success. Not at all. Yeah. 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 I mean, but don't give up. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. Um, also, I'm just like, okay, I'm like, <laughs> I just came from a Casey Musgraves concert and oh. I wanted to just know, I'm so curious. Has anyone ever yes. told you? Like, Casey? <laughs> I was like, so much i'm gonna be honest like literally this whole interview i'm staring like we're laura's very good at like keeping eye contact and that's something i think is so important and beautiful but she looks like casey musgraves and she's like the casey musgraves of my life so to look into her eyes literally i'm just like People tell me that <laughs> all the time. You're stunning. Thank you so much. When she was naked I... on Saturday Night Live with the guitar covering her body. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I was like, did you recreate that? No. Oh my so god. So a normal person would be like, maybe I'll be her for Halloween. <laughs> but I have this weird kink where I'm like a really ugly man every year for Halloween. Like, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> but I have had people be like, you should be her for Halloween. I'm like, no, I'm going to be Siegfried and Roy. Or like, just something really like fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Just like unexpected. Yeah. Just random. Yes. Fuck yes. yes. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah. People tell me that all the time. Have you always like felt like... I don't know, like in your own being in your life, you're like throughout your whole life, or do you feel like this comfortability within yourself and like an attitude of like fuck fear type of thing? Has that been something that's always been with you or something that's developed more recently or in? Um, so I think that really the definition of fuck fear is like understanding your self-worth. So... Honestly, it's been a more recent thing, but it's been super gradual. So I have kind of a history, a past where things just kind of work out. And I feel like a lot of people could say the same thing, but a lot of people like to focus on things that aren't going right instead of things that are going right. And so I um, feel like I have never really been scared because I do have a good support system, but I feel like I've really come into my self-worth and knowing that like, I will be okay. I trust myself. I feel confident probably in the last two years maybe. And I think that that has everything to do with who you surround yourself with and people that believe in you and it makes you believe in yourself more. But if I... I wish that everybody could understand their or accept their have have their self-worth like know how valuable you are know how valuable your time is know how valuable your energy is really like do the things that make you feel happy and you'll feel happier do the things that stress you out or focus on the things that stress you out and you feel like shit. Yeah. So I have just gotten really good at focusing on the things that make me feel happy. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like also just like, I don't know, hearing that, I'm like goosebumps. Um, (laughs) It's for so many things. And like you said, it's something that, I don't know. Like, I I don't... Like, it's, it sounds like, like... It sounds simple, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's, like, not... I feel like it's also about, like... 
your perception and also the way you um what's it called the way you handle things the way you react to things yes huge yeah huge like a lot of things don't deserve your reaction yeah um and I used to be a very very reactive person I used to just I want to win the argument I will get into it with anyone like I was stubborn. I was very ego-based. I just wanted to win. And then it's like, and who knows, like I did lose my mom a long time ago, but it became more, less about the loss and more about like, less about her being gone and more about what she left behind that started really clicking with me that like, I could die tomorrow. And what's going to be left is how I've made people feel. And so it's less for me about like fighting or winning or creating this huge thing. And it's more about like leaving a mark on people. So if somebody upsets me, I stop and I gen- generally am like, okay, this is probably something that's bothering them or something they feel self-conscious about. And I try and like meet them on their level or, and this is something a lot of people don't understand. I remove myself from that situation. So if it's an argument that I don't want to get into or that I don't want to lose or that I don't even want to have, I will say, I totally respect your opinion. Thank you so much for your time. Or thank you. Thank you for your input. And I remove myself from it. People let themselves get so upset about things that they can't change Mm -hmm. or so upset about someone else's opinion or somebody else's idea or what somebody else said to them or whatever. And it's like, I just, I'm a big shoulder shrugger. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm happy for you. You seem like you're really passionate about that. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to, yeah but I mean I think that's also like one of like the amazing things that like like you said like people are magnetized attracted to is because you do have that attitude where it's very like okay like it you just accept you know yeah you accept like it is what it is and it's not like what I need it to be type of thing do you know what I mean like yeah. like you I feel like you accept things situations people for like what they are instead of like the potential of it yeah you know and that's like what keeps you aligned with like your gut and like the trust that you have within yourself and everything like that I mean at the end of the day it just comes down to like is this situation gonna make me feel better or is this situation gonna make me feel worse yes and for a long time I was putting myself in situations or conversations or relationships or arguments or whatever with things that didn't make me feel better at the end of it. And so, you know, life is so short. You just have to, you just have to say no to things that aren't going to help you out and say yes to things that are, say yes to people that are, say yes to people that want to lift you up, that want to help you. And like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to plans. It's okay to say no to things that make you feel uncomfortable. It's okay yep. to say no to things that make you feel like less or that less than you deserve. Yes. And also I feel like when you start doing that, you also start living the life that you want for yourself. And also, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like, it's so different when you literally change the perspective into like what you just said. And 
I don't know, it makes you really fall in love with yourself even more too, I would say. I don't know if you like agree with that, <laughs> but just because, I don't know, it's, it's different when you, you meet your, <laughs> you meet a part of yourself that takes the ego away from things and you're able to understand the person, like you said, like at their level or like to, to be able to be talking to someone and have them projecting at you their own insecurities, their own whatevers. And for you to know that it's not because of you as something I feel like is so strong and not always talked about. And I think it's being talked about even more like now we're in 2022, whatever. But I feel like for like women, especially it's, it's not societally normal to say no to things or to like take yourself out of situations that don't fulfill you, don't provide you that happiness. So I think it's just so important, like, um, that you said yeah. that. And, yeah, like, and I mean, the best way to, like, get your own ego out of the way is to admit that you don't... I know I don't know everything. Yeah. I know that I'm not yep. perfect. Yep. I know I that, that I'm not yep. getting everything right. I know that every person that comes into my life is an opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. Like, I am so here to, like... I want to learn something from everyone, even if it's learning something that I don't want to be like, you know, yeah. it's everybody makes a mark on me. I have, and my friends all joke about this. I have the craziest memory, like craziest Ooh. from names to details, to stories, to things like people. I can, I remember everything. And so every time I meet somebody, I'm like, I'm going to remember the experience that I had with you. And if it's great, great. I'm probably going to have more of them. And if it's bad, great. I'm going to remember it and I'm going to remember how you made me feel. Yeah. And it's okay. Like there's probably somebody walking around being like, she's a piece of shit about me. Just like I'm like, he's a piece of shit about him. And he probably doesn't think about that. Like I'm sure I haven't made the best impression on every person that I've ever met in my life. And that's okay. And I've learned from that too. Just like I've learned from people that have done that to me. Yes. And also just truly being okay with that. Yeah. Really just being okay. And that's like the biggest thing I feel like for me and for a lot of people that once you get to this point, you're just like, it's okay. It's okay. And then you're like, oh, okay. I don't have to be as hard on myself. I don't have to impress this person. You know, if I don't, you know what I mean? I just like, I'm just a big, like, I'm doing my best yes, person. Exactly. And, like, people that know me and love me see that. Yes. Like, she is always just doing her best. Yes. And, like, yeah, that's not somebody else's best. And to that's not as good as somebody else, you know? It's like we're all on our own path. Yes. And we are all the main character of our own movie and yes. everyone else is just an extra. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like some of those extras are like very, play a very important role yeah. and some of those extras don't. And it, at the end of the day it's just about like taking inventory about how people make you feel and how yourself makes you feel. And yes. if you feel good about everything you've done and what you put into the world then you're doing your best yes yeah yes 
I agree. So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck just it. live. Yeah. Be a queen and yeah, in whatever that means. We're just out here living. Yes. And like <laughs> not letting people fucking waste our time. Yes. 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 That is literally the theme of 2022, I feel mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, I wanted to say thank you again for coming on my podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like weeping on the inside. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm cool. It's good. Um, and where can everyone find you? Um, or find the salon? You can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is hello Laura Price. Even though my name is Laura Rice, it's a dumb dumb story about why i'm that on there <laughs> i but thought that was your middle name like p no, no. i was like laura p rice the salon <laughs> i'll tell you quickly the salon was robbed and i was on the news talking about how it was robbed and i thought i was so cool to the name, price. I, I thought i was like the coolest and my staff was like simmer down yeah. like you're not a celebrity it was like my 15 <laughs> minutes yeah and then when they uh put the news up they had said my name wrong they called me laura price so my staff was like that's like your alter ego that's like really cool and like famous um so yes. everyone there at work call, they'll be like what's up laura price i'm like i'm more laura rice today i'm not that cool oh my god <laughs> you're like who are you today so a lot of people because my emails hello laura rice they're like okay. wait is it price or rice i'm like Dad. i'm out here just confusing the world you're just um, i'm just doing me <laughs> and then you can follow the salon salon bordeaux b-o-r-t-e-a-u-x and where else? What else? That's it. I'm like catcher, catcher on the gram. Cat- on the yeah, gram. my Netflix special. Yes, literally. <laughs> oh my god, Casey Musgraves. If you ever need a double, you know where your girl's at. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'll be your body double. Well, I don't know about if I'm on the body double. <laughs> Face only. I think, I'm like you guys are both. I literally am like dropped. I can't even any words I say. I'm just like. Why? Because you're just stunning. Really? Oh, my yeah, God. Bitch. Can you be my PR person? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't actually. Wow. Thank you so much. Yes. That means a lot. Thank you. But yes. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. everything. Of course. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs>